Welcome to Kramer Says. Kramer Says. Be part of the show at KramerSays.com. Interact on Twitter at KramerSEZ. Now, Kramer Says. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Thank God it's Friday. It is Friday, July 29th. My name is Kramer, and this is the Kramer Says Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Big news going on. Um, It's interesting to me that uh, what we've been saying for the last two years, in fact, what I've been saying my whole adult life about liberalism and globalism, well, it's finally coming to fruition. We're finally starting to see that the people who want this are realizing that the 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 rest of the world doesn't. Um, Steve Bannon, uh, this morning, talking about globalism and um, a newspaper, the Spiegel in Germany, coming forward and saying the following. Listen closely. Steve Bannon from the, from the War Room this morning. Activity, you talk about globalization. By the way, Der Spiegel last night, I put it up on my getter, Getter. Der Spiegel, which is the Time magazine of Germany, had a, uh, had a massive headline, their cover story, The End of Globalization. Okay, we're going to stop there. We don't need the music and everything else that goes along with it. And he goes on. Let me let me actually read the article. This is interesting. So from Der Spiegel International, the English version of the German magazine, German paper. Um, <clears throat> these days, let me go back. Germany and the end of globalization. Now, what you have to remember is that that Germany right now is in in trouble. Trump warned them. In fact, he he warned all of Western Europe that if they got in bed with Russia and Russian oil, that it would come back to bite them on the ass. And, and they laughed. In fact, there were articles about it in the Washington Post. They were making fun of Trump that he didn't know what was really going on. He couldn't play on a global stage. He didn't know what he was doing. No, they're the experts. They smirked at him. That's the word that they actually used. The Germans smirked, and they thought it was funny. They made fun of Trump. Well, where are they now? Where are they now? Where are the Germans right now? I'll tell you where they are. Here's another piece from uh, Steve Bannon to explain exactly where the Germans are right now. Not going to have any heat this winter. Yep. Skipping meals yep. as part of now their lives. They, yep. They're now kind of falling into this. Yep. It's what we've been saying. It's what we've been saying. When you've got a bully on the playground, you have to be aware what that bully is capable, capable of doing. You don't make deals with a bully. You don't make deals with somebody and then stick your fucking finger in their eye. And that's what NATO and Germany and the West of Western Europe has been doing to Putin for the last 15, 20 years. They keep encroaching, encroaching, encroaching. They want to get right up to the border with Russia and then act as if, well, what's, what's the problem here? Putin, what's the problem? NATO's been the bully in this uh, situation. The agreement with Russia at the end of World War II was that there would be no encroachment, that NATO would not come up to the doorstep of Russia. Well, but Russia's bad. Well, that's what we've been told. Over the last two years, how many times have you learned that your government, your government, your government officials, and, and, and the mainstream media have lied to you? They've lied to you for, for a purpose to meet their agenda. That's why they've lied to you. Do you think that they're telling you the truth, all the truth about Putin and Russia? Honestly, I don't trust them. That's why I get news from out of Great Britain. I get news from Russia today. I look at it all. I want to find out what everyone is saying, not just one side. And that's what we get with the mainstream media. They've picked a side. You saw it clearly happen when the Ukrainian war happened. They picked a side. Oh, we got to go against Russia. Why? I want to know both sides. That's like uh, being in a group of girls. Uh, I use this analogy all the time. And, and girls do it more than guys do. That's why I bring it up. That's what makes us different. Guys don't do this as much. Girls do. Well, they'll come in and they'll say, oh, you're friends with Betty? Oh, I don't like Betty. 
Oh, why? Why, you don't like Betty? No, I don't like Betty. She's a real bitch. Oh, well, then I won't like Betty either. Guys don't do that as much. Girls do. Guys don't. But that's what they expect us to do. They expect us to, to follow what they follow because, well, we're all friends. We're all Americans. And, and we've chosen that we don't like Putin. Okay, well, why don't you like Putin? Tell me why you don't like him. Well, he's killed people. Well, we've killed people. We've done the same things. As nations, we've done the same exact thing. How many people did, uh, did, did uh, Clinton bomb? How many people did, um, uh, did Bush bomb? How many people did Obama bomb? How many people did Trump bomb? How many people did Reagan bomb? Yeah. What's the difference? At that level, what's it? Well, it depends on what side you're on. That's the difference. And I'm not, I'm not an apologist for, for Putin at all. Do I think he's any better or any worse? I think he's about fair to Midland, right? He's not doing what the Chinese are doing with the Uyghurs. He's not doing what uh, the Chinese are doing with those who follow the, the, the religion of uh, uh, Falun Gong. Isn't that interesting? When you start to know the facts and you start to look at the situation for what it is, you go, well, maybe he's not so bad. Maybe we're being sold a bill of goods. Again, I'm not, I'm not a Putin apologist. I'm just saying that you have to know all the facts. Bannon continues with what's going on in Germany, the price they're paying for not listening to Trump. And it's absolutely stunning. You say a small thing, it's they're changing your behavior to fit what they want you to fit. Yep. Yep. He's right. He's absolutely right. And that's why Der Spiegel, the, the magazine, it's basically the Time magazine of, of Germany. That's why they wrote this story. Listen closely. Germany and the end of globalization. The number of democratic countries around the world is shrinking steadily. And autocratic countries are registering more patents than the West. A new era is dawning, and it could have dramatic consequences for our work, our money, and our lives. The article continues. These days... Even stoic government leaders seem overwhelmed by the barrage of world crises, tremendous upheavals, and changing times. The global financial crisis, the refugee crisis, Brexit, the climate collapse, the coronavirus pandemic, and the war in Ukraine have all happened in succession. It's more than enough to make a person dizzy, and yet all this is now simply feels like a preview for the massive change that is now starting to roll in. The age of globalization is coming to an end. This is coming from a German magazine, similar to Time magazine here in the U.S. This is what they're saying. Globalization, the attempt to globalize has ended because it ends up uh, collapsing nations. Listen closely. Six months ago, that very sentence would have seemed laughable. Economists have calculated that even the pandemic was just a dent in the never-ending frenzy of global trade. Politicians have declared that the ever-growing inter uh, interdependence of nation-states remained one of the few irrefutable certainties of world politics, the best way forward to, good, to a good future. They would have said would have been to move even closer together, networking trade, companies, and the economy even more deeply. Globalization has never been a purely economic phenomena. For three, decade, for three decades, it was the defining world order, the guiding principle informing all political decisions. It determined how and where we work and how we live and even who is a friend and who is a foe. Linked to this was a clear vision of the further development of humanity that the world will become even more prosperous and thus necessarily ever more modern ever more liberal, ever more democratic, and that it would consistently or constantly become more Western, that economic ties would also create common values and, more importantly, peace 
at least more than ever before. That was the thought process. That has not turned out to be the case. Uh, let me get down here to the rest of the story here. But of all of those supposed certainties have been steamrolled by Putin's tanks. These days, everybody who is anybody is proclaiming the death of globalization. The system of inter international cooperation that has guaranteed us freedom, security, and prosperity over the past de decade is at stake, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz said at the World Economic Forum in Davos at the end of May. Instead of relying on foreign supply chains, let's make it in America, United States President Joe Biden urged during the State of the Union address this spring. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has proposed conducting trade primarily with friendly countries. Globalization, as we knew it, will not return. BASF CEO Martin Brudweiler, I'm, I'm sorry, Brudermaler, uh, recently said in an interview with Der Spiegel, we are now living in a whole new era, Henry Kissinger has said. So the uh, first time I read that article, by the way, it was, it was uh, given to me by a friend, but that, that's the consensus. That's the consensus. And, and why? Well, because this globalization of depending on your enemies for goods just doesn't make any sense. And even the globalists are realizing, hey, if we're going to be global, it's only going to have to be the friends that we're friends with. We cannot be friends with the Muslims in Afghanistan and in Iraq and so on who want to blow everybody up. We can be friends with the Muslim nations that don't want to do that. And that's what we'll do. Or we can be friends with this group over here because they don't want to blow up that group or they don't want that group's land. That's what they're saying. It's not an end to globalization. It's a tightening of who will allow into the club, who, allow, who gets allowed to be in the clique. Now, Trump warned of this. Trump said that what was going to happen, um, and it's happened. And now the Germans, the Europeans, are paying the price. Trump also warned something worse. He said that something more than, than just um, the recession is coming. He believes it's a depression. This next story coming from the Epic Times. Headline, Trump warns something worse than recession is coming. Former President Donald Trump has warned that America's economy is on track for a bigger disaster than a recession, with his remarks coming shortly before government statistics showed GDP printing negative for the second consecutive quarter, which is a rule of thumb definition for a recession. Yes, the Biden administration has tried to change the definition of what a recession is, but this term has always been used or this logic has always been used because it was what everybody used. That's how we knew what a recession was. You can't change the definition now that you don't like the results. You can't hope you get a third one. What, where's it going to be, Joe, and the Biden administration? Where do we stop? Is it third, fourth? Do we have to have an entire year of down economy for you to say, yep, we're in a recession? Two will do. Two, two will do. That's all we need. We don't need an entire year. Two quarters will do. Thank you very much. That's six months. That's all we need. Trump continues. Where we're going now could be a very bad place. Uh, chief of the understatements there. Trump said it at a rally in Arizona last week. We've got to get this act in order. We have to get this country going or we're going to have a serious problem. The former president singled out the collapse in America's real wages, a historically depressed labor force participation rate, and the Democrat push for the Green New Deal that he said would crush economic growth. Now, this is Trump speaking here. Quote, not recession. Recession's a nice word. We're going to have a much bigger problem than recession. We'll have a depression, end quote. Trump's remarks came several days before the Bureau of Economic Analysis, BEA, released data showing that the real U.S. GDP fell by an annualized 0.9% in the second quarter after contracting 1.6% in the first quarter. 
We're in trouble, folks. Now, I said the other day we had a black pill episode, and I don't mean to be you know dark all the time, but we've got problems. We've got real problems in this nation, and we can't expect these issues to be resolved by the people who are currently in office. Why? Well, because they're the ones causing the problems, and they don't see it as a problem. We'll just change the definition of the word. I don't like what I'm getting. I'll just change the definition. That's the practice they've gotten in, used to, and that seems to be what's worked for them up to this point. But now people are starting to catch on. Wait a minute. You can't do that. You can't change the definition because you don't like the outcome. But that's what they've been doing all aboard, all along. And in fact, not only that, but much worse things. For example, the censorship of, 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 of American voices, the censorship of American voices by our own government violating their constitutional rights. Here's Steve Bannon talking to Dr. Naomi Wolf about her occurrence and what's happened to her and not what's just been revealed here in the last couple of days about the censorship the government, the U.S. government, has been in, 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 um, in practice on against its own people. Uh, Naomi, t- explain to the audience this daily caller and if the guys in Denver, the team in Denver, uh, could get up on the screen. The, a great daily caller story that now exposes the, the collusion between the big tech oligarchs and CDC to suppress voices. I think you're prominently named Naomi Wolf. Tell us what's up with this. Yeah, it's shocking. I'm furious. Um, indeed, uh, America First, which I gather is Stephen Miller's organization, um, initiated a lawsuit with uh, Discovery that resulted in 268 pages. That's the amount that my lawyers have sent me um, of internal communications from the CDC to various big tech companies, including Twitter and Facebook, to identify American citizens using their First Amendment rights to have conversations and, and indeed a completely, um, you know, laudably uh, investigative tweet of mine is among the, the tweets that were sent by the CDC to illegally to these um, big tech platforms that that then resulted in my being deplatformed and not only deplatformed but chronologically this resulted. I don't yet have the discovery to to show you know how the dots connected internally, but immediately or very soon thereafter, um, Twitter's spokesperson went to all these major news outlets with tweets of mine that had been immediately deleted by me because they were badly phrased or tweets taken out of context and a rash of legacy media ran stories calling me crazy. There you go. Did you hear that? Our government working with publication companies, working with social media outlets to blacklist American citizens for speaking out against these government agencies. If you thought that you you got bumped off of Facebook or Twitter or or TikTok or any other platform, Instagram, whatever it is, if you thought you got bumped off of because of something you said and all people people call you, oh, you're crazy. That's insane. We now have confirmation, evidence that it's actually happening. Wolf and Bannon continue. And, um, you know, I was multiply deplatformed. And literally what I was doing in that tweet, which everyone can see, which the CDC used my tax dollars to, you know, single me out as an American citizen speaking freely in my country. Um, what I was doing there was simply saying hundreds of women are reporting 
clotting or bleeding events after vaccination. And this is observation. They don't want you having observations. Listen closely to what she's saying. She's talking about women who are giving their anecdotal information forward to say, hey, listen, we got a problem here. This isn't right. I've never done this in my entire life. I've had one, two, three, four shots, whatever. And now I'm having this issue. That's how science is done, folks. It's called observation. And then when you notice a pattern, you go, okay, we've got to take a look at this and see if this is causing this. That was shut down. That conversation was shut down by the CDC and the FDA with the approval of the federal government and the back, the backing of the federal government. Think about that. You get a call from the CDC or the FDA, you know that if you don't do what they want, that at some point you're going to get a call from the IRS or the DOJ or some other government organization that is going to work in tandem with these two groups to get you to do what they want you to do. And so it's just easier to hand over an American's name or delete their tweets or call them crazy or deplatform them. Deplatform them. It's easier to do that. It's the go along to get along type mentality. It's hard to have a backbone. It's hard to stand up to all the criticism and everything that happens every day, the name calling. Even when you say things that people that like you, when you say things that they don't like, they'll turn on you. Trust me. But it takes fortitude to stand regardless of the slings and arrows that are thrown at you. That's exactly what Naomi Wolf and Steve Bannon are doing here. They continue. Needs more verification. But, you know, these are reports. And the last thing I'm going to say about this is that this is, sorry for the background noise, but this is a massive crime against the women of the United States of America because the Centers for Disease Control, which is tasked with keeping us healthy, conspired with for-profit industries to silence a, 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 a reporter doing basic journalism I'm going to play that one more time. Do you hear what she's saying? She's saying that there's an attack on women because what's going on is that the FDA and the CDC are actively attacking American citizens that are saying, hey, listen, we don't agree with the narrative that is being pushed out by these two organizations. What's happening with our bodies is different than what they're saying should be happening. Listen closely. That industries to silence a, 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 a reporter doing basic journalism yep. that... Um, that then resulted in exactly what I was warning about yep. or beginning to acquire documentation of, which is a year later, the NIH and other independent uh, 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 science organizations have multiply confirmed that women's average menses have extended average by one day a month and that there's massive, massive dysregulation. So these are all observations. Women know their own bodies. People know their own bodies. When something doesn't feel right and you say, listen, I don't feel like I did yesterday and, and, and now I feel worse than I did two weeks ago. Well, what did, you, what did you do two weeks ago? Well, I got this shot. Did you think that could be it? Well, no, the doctors say it's not. It says it doesn't have anything to do. It's probably me. I've probably got Lyme disease or something else weird. It's, it's definitely not the shot I got. The doctors gave me their, their, their word that this is safe and effective. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Wolf continues. Of women's menstrual cycles post-vaccination, resulting now also, um, again, we're just finding out the science now, but it's so predictable. Uh, around the world, there's also a rise in miscarriages and spontaneous abortions. So it's a massive crime, and I'm absolutely furious in taking legal action. 
Well, perfect. And uh, it shows you how important your voice has been from the beginning. Naomi, how do people, I know you got to bounce for a plane, how do people get you to follow breaking developments on the story on your social media and your platform, ma'am? Yeah, come to dailycrowd.io. I'll be writing all of this up on Substack. And I'm speaking to um, Jim Ostrowski later today and asking him to represent me to file both, uh, you know, civil charges and criminal charges against Rochelle Walensky, because this is bodily harm to American women as a class. Um, so people, you know, come to Daily Cloud. And the story of this deplatforming, I told it in my book, The Bodies of Others. So now it's in the news that, that the receipts are in. Um, you know, the, the, you can read for yourself how your government conspired to take down yet another American citizen telling the truth. There you go. And it's happening more and more often. And it's not just it's not just the U.S. government doing this. It's not just the U.S. trying to do this. We've got got China utilizing TikTok. I, I know that people. I'm on TikTok. I utilize it. I'm smart enough to see what's going on. But but what you don't, may not know is that China is utilizing um, TikTok as a major form of propaganda with inside the U.S. And I'm on there on a daily basis. I see it. You can see it. And, and it sounds crazy when, you know, when I just say it myself, I've recognized it. I've seen it for what it is. It sounds crazy. It won't sound so crazy when you hear it on the news. Here's Fox News. Report, China planned TikTok propaganda campaign. Government account would send those favorable messages about the Chinese government targeting specifically Americans. Again, it was meant to be an account that had no ties back to the actual government agency that was running the account. The TikTok company executives tried to push back against the request. A TikTok spokesperson tells Fox Business the company declined the offer to support the request. In general, the White House press secretary claims the president brought up unfair business practices in the two hour and 17 minute call yesterday with the Chinese president. So the president did explain uh, on his decision, but the president did explain his core concerns uh, with China's unfair economic practices uh, that harm uh, American workers and families. Uh, but again, they, not, they did not discuss uh, any potential steps he might take uh, with President Xi that has not uh, been decided. So I'm not going to get ahead of the president. By the way, have you noticed that she never, she never has an answer? And if she does, it gets read out of a book. There's nothing in her head, literally. I, 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 there is nothing in between her ears. She's an idiot. And that may sound sexist, and you may say, try to say it's racist. No, no. I don't care what color she is. I don't care what sex she is. I don't care who she sleeps with. She's an idiot. Regardless of all those facts, she's an idiot. It's not because of those facts. It's regardless of those facts. She has not answered a simple question, been able to answer a simple question since she took that job over. I mean, I didn't like uh, I didn't like Saki at all. She was a liar as well. But at least she could communicate. She knew what she was talking about. She knew how to make up a lie on the fly. This idiot doesn't know how to, how to put two and two together. Anyway, that was a totally different rant. <laughs> Sorry. We're back to the story. The reporter continues. So again, no specific warnings for China to stop meddling in the U.S., either by propaganda or stealing intellectual property of companies. You may remember that former President Donald Trump, he went after this, took a critical eye to TikTok and the information that was being collected on Americans that possibly being sent back to China. He tried to ban the platform. This president ended that look into TikTok, and the Chinese company has exploded in popularity. So now China trying to weaponize the popular social media platform to send those favorable messages without any ties back to them back to you warning there there you go 
So what we've been talking about for almost a year, we're now seeing to see we're actually seeing it now put in action. We're actually seeing the fruition of their plans. And you wonder why. You wonder how we got here. Well, it's simple. The big guy. Bobolinsky said it uh, two years ago. He warned before the election that the big guy was taking money from China. And everybody laughed. Oh, you're crazy. Well, that has come back as a boomerang. That story just came back this week. It's now been revealed in released information from Hunter's own phone that was just released. A leaked phone of his, the, the email messages going back and forth between people involved with Hunter's business deals. Wanting to know about the big guy. Fox News carries the story next. Nah, the paper reporting this. One of Hunter's former business associates referred to Joe Biden as, quote, the big guy in a text message. That message allegedly sent the same day the Post broke the news of Hunter's infamous laptop. Miranda Devine, New York Post columnist, Fox News contributor, has got a brand new op-ed in the paper, and she's with me now. Miranda, good morning to you. I, I think the fellow's name is James Gilliar. I'm not sure exactly who he is, but I know you do. Here is the text. If they lose, honestly, I don't think that the big guy really cares about that because he'll be too busy focusing on all the other stuff he is doing. What's this about, Miranda? Hi, Bill. James Gilliar is a former business partner of Hunter Biden. He has links to British intelligence. And um, this communication was on the very day that the New York Post first broke uh, our Hunter Biden laptop stories. And um, there was panic going on among Hunter's associates. And this was one of those conversations. And Gilliar is just reassuring people that, uh, look, don't worry. Uh, if, if Joe Biden wins, we won't have a problem if Joe Biden loses. We won't have a problem. Um, they're talking about uh, will the Biden campaign, will, will Joe or Hunter throw us under the bus? And Gilliar is saying, no, we're fine. The big guy, he refers to Joe Biden. And the reason that's significant is because there are other communications on the laptop about the big guy who had an involvement uh, in Hunter Biden's uh, influence peddling mm -hmm. op operation uh, overseas when Joe Joe Biden was vice president, and uh, in one case he was going to the big guy get 10% of a big Chinese deal. And of course, Joe Biden has consistently denied that he knows anything about Hunter's business dealings overseas. He said it during the campaign, and the White House has, you know, consistently okay. pushed that line since. And yet the evidence is overwhelming that he was aware of and perhaps involved in and perhaps profited from uh, these business deals. Okay, Miranda, I am told by those who have access to this laptop material that it's dense and you have to plow through a lot of material. He's right. And by the way, they're talking about a phone here, not a laptop. Laptop's a different issue. Um, the information, I have seen the laptop. I've seen the information from the laptop. Um, Hunter Biden should be in jail. The FBI has that information. They've had it for two years. They've seen these images. They've seen these texts. They've seen these emails. They know what Hunter Biden did, yet he, he walks free. If you don't think that we have a two-tiered system in this country, you're being naive. They continue. Um, and I, it t takes, uh, we're talking weeks, maybe months, maybe more than that. But this name, the big guy, the phrase, I was always curious how many times it's come up. Uh, it came up with Tony Bobolinsky in the interview in October of 2020 with Tucker Carlson. Um, this way, just roll the clip here. On May 13th, 2017, 
I received an email concerning allocation of equity, which says 10% held by H for the big guy. In that email, there's no question that H stands for Hunter, big guy for his father, Joe Biden, and Jim for Jim Biden. In fact, Hunter often referred to his father as the big guy or my chairman. Yeah, that was during the press conference when he made his big announcement. Tucker talked to him after that. How many times did the big guy come up in this computer? A lot. Look, it's at least um, half a dozen. Um, mm-hmm. there, it, it, in other uh, times, uh, there was one Serbian associate who called him the big man. Um, uh, Joe Biden is sort of uh, an undercurrent in everything. And when you listen to Tony Bobolinsky, he says that Hunter often conferred with his father, uh, my chairman or the big guy, um, on important issues when it came to divvying up the money, dividing up the money that was coming in, particularly from the Chinese. Uh, so there's a lot there. But I think the most, um, uh, one of the most sinister developments in this in the last few days has been uh, the whistleblowers that have come come yep. forward to uh, Republican Congress investigators. Uh, one of them gave us that uh, big guy communication I just told you about, but also... And again, that came from Hunter Biden's phone, not his laptop. There was a phone. This guy cannot keep control of his electronic devices. He's dropping them and losing them everywhere. Um, imagine you've got a guy with all of this information, the son of the president or vice president at the time, and he can't control his electronic devices? If, if I, if I, you've got to know the Russians and the Chinese know that. I, I would imagine those have been hacked several times. The guy travels all over the world and and, and he loses his devices, doesn't know where they are. Well, that'll happen when you're when you're drugged up, when you're high on meth or or whatever else the fuck he's smoking, crack or whatever. I can imagine it's easy to lose your devices when you're when you're high. Fox continues. There are ones, uh, whistleblowers from the FBI who are uh, outlining a real operation inside the FBI to suppress this information. We know the FBI had the laptop from December 2019, did nothing with it. Uh, and there was also other information that they had, including all of Tony Bobolinsky's material that they had in October 2020. And uh, there was just this effort to suppress and also... Um, kind of smear all this information as Russian disinformation to dismiss it so that it didn't damage Joe Biden uh, within the FBI. And that really is scary. And it has pushed Bill Barr finally to say that there should be a special counsel looking into this uh, Biden family influence peddling operation, that it's too big now just to leave it with the Delaware U.S. attorney and grand jury there. Wow. Okay. So, uh, I mean, Joe Biden has consistently denied this. I thought an interesting report. the Well, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? The the Democrats are not going to investigate him. They're not going to jump in there. Do you think that the, the DOJ currently under Merrick Garland, do you think that he's going to go after Joe Biden and the Biden family and make a name for himself? No. He's writing that fucking job out until the sunset. So many of our politicians and so many of our government workers, our, our bureaucrats, we've made it so fucking lucrative for them just to make it to the finish line. If they can just get there without a problem, they will make a living the rest of their lives. These packages that these people um, um, retire with are better than many of the people who are paying the taxes to support them in retirement. 
The, the American taxpayer is doing that. Not a pension, not some program, not some savings that they've had that they're relying on. No, American taxpayers continue to pay for these people to be in retirement and living high on the hog with a 9 or 10% increase. A buddy of mine, who's on, he's militarily retired, served, did a great job, right, is happy with the inflation. I said, why, why are you happy with the inflation? He goes, well, he goes, my benefits, what I get, ride with inflation. So I get a 9% increase this next year. It doesn't happen in two years. It happens immediately. This next year, I get an increase of 9% in what I get from the American people for, for my retirement. They pay more in taxes to, get, to pay me more because inflation went up. We get hit twice, folks. We're not only paying for ourselves and all the inflation for us, but our tax dollars, they don't go as far because now they're being adjusted for inflation for the people who are living off of our off of our dime and off of our sweat. Military, don't get me wrong. I agree with it, but I just think these pensions, and I think that the fact that there's not a suffering among those that group, he says, why would I stand up and fight against that? It benefits me, but it hurts me. I kept telling you, it hurts me. I'm paying for that. At what point do, do people and their personal responsibilities, how long does that have to go on where people do not have to pay for their own personal responsibilities, that the government is, is paying for them? Do I think that, that politicians should be able to go and serve for so long and then get $170,000 a year or some variation of that for the rest of their lives? No. Now, the gentleman I'm talking to served 22 years in the military. He was a full-time employee of the military. But does that mean that you should be making close to $100,000 a year now? Retired? Not giving anything of benefit to the people of America? That we continue to pay you? I mean, he gave 20 years. He's been retired 20 years. At what point does it stop? If he lives another 20 years, we will have paid him 40 years for a job that he did for 20 years. Think about it, people. And I'm not wanting to take anything from away from our military, but it's not just the military. It's every branch of the, of, of the government is like this. Every branch. And they're all riding at a 9% increase in pay. Did you get a 9% increase in pay this year? You did not. They did. Now, Congress, their pay is fixed. They have to vote actual pay raises in. But for everything else, they get automatic pay raises. And it, it rides with inflation. So they don't care if inflation goes up. Do you see where I'm going here? They don't care. Inflation going up benefits the government workers. They don't care because they don't feel it. Do you? Do you feel it? Are you feeling it right now? That's why it's important for you guys to get involved. I keep saying the exact same thing over and over and over again. I can show you all of the all of the side effects. I can show you all of the effects of bad policy. The only way that that changes is if you get involved. You show up at your city council. You show up at your state legislature. You go to the homes or the restaurants or, or you, you locate yourself near people that are in power. You talk to them. You tell them what you're thinking. And you let, don't be shy about it. They work for you. Would you ever be shy talking to an employee of yours or somebody that, that you're, you're the manager over? Would you ever be shy about talking to them, them about what they're doing wrong? I wouldn't. I am an employer. When I've got an employee that's doing bad, I, 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 I have no problem getting them straight immediately or getting them out of the business. If they don't work with inside our culture, they got to go. 
If they want to bring new new things to the table, they got to go. We're not doing that here. We're not playing those games. Had an employee a few years ago that wanted to, um, well, they wanted to bring the, you know, the pronoun bullshit in. I said, no, we're not doing that because I don't know what you're going to be from day to day. We'll be consistent. I'll call you what you look like. Well, what if I come in dressed as a man? I'm going to call you by what you look like. You look like a woman dressed up as a man. I will call you a woman. Same thing for men. That's how the bullshit stops is you stand up to it. But that's where we are. You've got to stand up to these politicians. You've got to tell them. And, and I know you have to be mean. You don't have to get in their face and yell. You don't have to do what the left has been doing for so long. You don't have to do that. It feels good to do that, but you don't have to do that. But what you do have to do is get involved. Sitting on your devices, listening to these podcasts, and not doing anything doesn't move the needle. You cannot rely on me or anybody else to do it for you. These are your individual rights. If you want, the, if you want them defended, you're going to have to stand up as an individual and defend them. You. My voice only goes so far. But your voice and the voice of your neighbor and their neighbor and the neighbor down the street join together makes a chorus. And that's what they're afraid of. They do not like confrontation. Politicians are not confrontational people. They want everyone to like them. That's why they're politicians. That's why they're good at what they do. Because they remember your name. They shake your hand. They look at you in the eye and they smile. And then when they walk away, they forget all about you and they go on to do what's most important for them. But they've left you with the impression that you really like them and you're, they're, that they're really working for you. Where's I gotten you? Where are we at right now in this country? Simple to see, isn't it? If you don't get involved, if you don't hold them accountable, they're going to do whatever the fuck they want to do. And it finally leads to the president of the United States protecting a son who is not only a pedophile, but is also a drug addict. I mean, if Billy Carter, Jimmy Carter thought that Billy Carter was bad and his Billy Beer and all of that was embarrassing back in, in, in the 70s, they should, this pales, that pales in comparison to what's going on today. Where you've got the FBI and the DOJ protecting not only the president and his corruption in foreign nations, but the, the corruption of their entire family. And it's been going on for not just five years, 10 years. Joe Biden's been doing this his entire life. But I, I can't do anything. You're right. You cannot do anything to Joe Biden. You're not going to make an impact on Joe Biden. Going into the streets is not going to make an impact on Joe Biden. But going into your streets does have an impact on your mayor, your city, your governor. And then they, they have access to Joe. They can start pressuring Joe. That's how it starts. Get involved. And with that being said, let us know when you're getting involved. We're giving away Kramer Says T-shirts. As I've said before, uh, I am not going to sell T-shirts. I'm, that's not the business that I'm in. I don't want to get into it, and I don't want the message that we have to be um, to be lessened by people saying, "Well, he's only saying that because he's selling T-shirts, or he's selling mugs, or he's selling other merchandise." Nope, don't want to do that. Not my business. Others can do that. Knock yourselves out. Not saying that there's anything wrong with it. I just chose not to do it. I made the comment <laughs> that it's beneath me. That, that was a joke more than anything else. Uh, but to an extent, it is beneath me. Let me explain that. Um, I want you to believe in what we're saying and why we're saying it and not think, well, Kramer's saying that because he's been sponsored by somebody who's giving him T-shirts. Nope, 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 nope. Not going to do that. I don't want you to buy my T-shirts. I don't want you to, to wear my T-shirts and then say, well, I bought this because I, I nope, earn it. 
Get out and get involved. Showcase what you've done. Go to your city council meeting. Go to your school board meeting. Get involved locally. Show us what you're doing. Go and work the polls. Go and volunteer. Go door knock. Go campaign. Be a part of the problem. Be a part of the solution by being a part of the problem. You can't work it from the outside. You've got to be inside the system to make it effective. That's the only way that it works. And I know that everybody's, well, we're going to tear it down. Good luck. How's that working for you? The left has been trying to do it for years. They're still not there. And they're really effective at it. The best way is to get good people in. Good people like Carrie Lake out in Arizona, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, People who are vocal that know that they're going to be a lightning rod and don't care. If you're one of those people, take a stand. Now, that's how you do it. Videotape it, showcase it, send it to us, and we'll send you a t-shirt for it. That's how easy it is. Um, we'll, we'll be doing that starting next week. Um, I will be in CPAC next week. So if you're at CPAC next week, um, you'll probably see me. I'll be walking around. I think we're making a presentation of some sort. We'll be out there with the uh, the fine folks from Tusk. Tusk, the web browser, if you haven't tried it yet. Uh, Tusk is a, a group that we've worked with over the last year. Uh, it's a conservative group built by the Tusk, excuse me, Tusk browser is built by conservatives, for conservatives. Um, it currently uses... Um, a number of different search engines, Quant, um, Yahoo, Bing, Google. You can choose which one that, that you want to use right now. It's just a browser. It's not a search engine. But the plan is within the next year to have a search engine. It will be the Tusk search engine. And they're working differently. They're not going to utilize the same kind of um, uh, money-making style that Google did. Uh, it's their belief that Google was a, they went for the low-hanging fruit. Um, they didn't um, they, they didn't utilize the tech in the way that it should have been utilized. And so they've changed that. Um, it will not, it won't do any tracking of you like Google does and then sell it to third parties. Um, there's a number of different privacy issues that the, the browser has and then the search engine will have as well um, that makes it um, more secure for you as a, as a conservative to look for the things that you're looking for and find the things that you really want. That's the biggest issue is that we've tested it multiple times uh, in utilizing the, the just, just changing the search engine from Google to Quant. Quant is the one that I use. Um, allows you to see um, what you really want to see. For example, we, we typed in on Google, uh, list of people banned by Twitter. And all we got were stories that were pro-Twitter. Um, Twitter doesn't you know, just uh, ban conservatives. They don't, but they ban them the most. See, they, they tell the truth while lying to you at the same time. Um, but they go through, and, and, and when you read all of the stories that were given by Google, they were all pro. It was PR for Twitter. And when you went to Quant, you got the list. 27 people you know, 27 prominent conservatives banned by Twitter, 22 prominent conservatives banned by TikTok. You can finally start seeing the list. That's what it gives you. That's where we're starting currently. And that's with the quant search engine. Imagine what happens when Tusk has their own and has control of what you're able to see and hear. You're able to get what you're actually looking for because it's not censoring those results based on an ideology. And that's what we're seeing currently. So is it the perfect example or perfect answer right now today? No. But imagine Facebook when it first started versus what Facebook is today or what Google was when it first started versus what it is today. If you go back and take a look at that, you'll realize where we're starting from. You have to start somewhere. So we're starting with the browser and then moving on to the search engine. Hopefully that will happen here within the next, um, we could have it done within six months. Uh, most likely within a year, but you'll be hearing more about that as as they move down that and inform me of what's going on. I'm just a spokesperson. I just talk about them from time to time um, about what they're doing, just so you know what's going on. Um, and that's how I make my money. So I, I'm not asking you to buy anything. I'm just telling you about things that are available to you. 
See, you don't have to sell something and still sell something. <laughs> it makes sense. Anyway, that is it. Uh, my name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. We will be back tomorrow or as soon as we can. Get more at KramerSays.com. KramerSez.com.